What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jordan Plowis, who's the co-founder of Light. Welcome to the show. How's it going? How's it going, Matt? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm really excited to learn more about what you're working on with Light. For people that haven't heard of it, can you kind of share what it is and what you're working on? Yeah, so uh, we are a brand new computer company in the 21st century. Oftentimes, people are really taken back by that. They ask us, you know, we already have computers. We've This is something that's pretty well understood uh, methodically over the last 20 years. And for us as a company, we were looking at the last 10 years of evolution and noticed that hardware was scaling significantly year over year and human productivity was staying pretty flat. And when we started to look at that, we started to realize that although we have this societal conviction that we're growing with our products, we're actually drifting apart. Uh, they're not adding, they're not amplifying our intelligence, they're not accelerating our productivity the way that we believe they should. And we, we took that a step further and we went back to a, a, a quote from the late great Steve Jobs, which actually talked about a bicycle for the mind, which was talking about how the personal computer to really be effective uh, and to push humanity forward was very similar to a bicycle for the mind, a, a tool that you could grab at will, and that would uh, push you forward. And that's worked. That model's worked for the last 25 years and longer. Present day, though, we see that there's a lot of limitations in, in, that, in that mentality. And we, as a company, and what's really driven us to believe we can start a new computer company is we really believe in what we're calling a rocket for the mind, which is an entirely, entirely new category of hardware and software that is aimed towards not just building uh, a product that collects information that you use at will, that you leave in a drawer, that you're so codependent on, that you're that's dopamine driven, but a product that is more focused on uh, humanity and how it can actually have a partnership with the human on an intellectual level, um, an autonomous component pushing that person forward, pushing humanity forward. And so we're really currently focused on intelligent software and what the next generation of intelligent software is inside of uh, future hardware. So, I mean, this is like, I'm a huge, huge, huge Steve Jobs fan. Um, less, I, I, let's say like less Steve Jobs, more just like a- Apple. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think that a lot of innovation that, you know, could have happened, you know, I feel like it's been delayed. So this is very exciting to hear. Do you, are you open, like, are you open to sharing ways in which you plan to accomplish this or like products that you want to build, um, mm-hmm. um, kind mm-hmm. of uh, in the regards to like uh, making, making some of this happen? Yeah. So I think that a lot of times what ends up happening is that, uh, companies get really invested into hardware. That's a really big focus is making new iterations, making new designs, finding a new format, finding the next iPhone. That's a huge, uh, goal, right? But we have a moral obligation to humanity to figure out software first, because that's the part that's not actually catching up to hardware. We, we have a really, really good working understanding of hardware. Uh, and we also have a really good working understanding of software, but operating systems as it would look over the last 10 years or so haven't really evolved into what the same, in the same ways that hardware has. And so for, for us, what that looks like is, you know, we, we could get into hardware for sure, but it starts with really building software. Um, and re- really the reason that's the start is because we're seeing so many intelligent assistants get built from Siri to Alexa. And it's pretty evident that you're going to start seeing these get built in and you already have started to see them get built in to your native operating system and eventually get to a place where you have an operating system that's fully autonomous, that is fully driven by an intelligent assistant. And for there, there are two groups of people, people who think that that's an awesome characteristic and other people who, and, and don't really worry about any uh, human consequences, they'll probably be dead before they, they see that. And I'm, I'm in the other group where I, I have a true conviction that artificial intelligence will supersede human intelligence. I don't know when, but I do believe it will happen. And we've already seen significant and rate of improvement and advancements in artificial intelligence. So I think that in order to build the next device responsibly from a hardware perspective, we have to start with reimagining the software that goes into the computer and reimagining it in a way that's more responsible. Because while the iPhone has infected, impacted the next 10, last 10 years of our life, the next device that comes in will impact far more than 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years of our lives simply because of autonomy, because it won't be just a device that we pull out of our, pull out and put in our pocket. Uh, it'll be deeply engaged. There's s- severe consequences to that. And so we, we do have some hardware ideas that we, we you know, are not open to sharing yet, but from a software perspective, our real mission is to begin creating tools that allow developers to uh, build and distribute software in, in a new way powered by an intelligent assistant and be continue building building blocks that get to a place where uh, software is catching up to hardware software is reaching a more, um, a more intelligent autonomous quote-unquote operating system if you will and doing that in a way with safety measures responsibilities and the core conviction that one as you begin to reach some of these milestones then you can start thinking about how you're going to embed that into hardware. Because like I said, thinking of a new form factor for hardware might seem really esoteric or complex. And, and it is uh, by no means is it simple, but 
the consequences are far less than the consequences we're seeing and the codependency that we're seeing from the lack of innovation in software. So we're really spending a lot of time getting under the hood, envisioning how we can get to what we would call a, self, a fully self-driving operating system and creating tools and processes for developers, consumers along the way to reach that goal. And somewhere between now and that goal, we will get into hardware because like, you know, Alan Kay said, paraphrased, you, you can't really build good software if you're not building hardware. So it's, it's definitely foreseeable that we would get into hardware. But right now we just have a, we have a moral obligation to humanity to build a, a fully self-driving operating system responsibly. And from the, after we can put some, you know, iterate on that and put some mechanisms in place for that, we can then begin to explore how we would bring that into a daily, a daily life. I'm curious for you, like, you, you mentioned some smart, uh, smart assistants being built and the like, people entering this space. Who do you think is like doing it right or writer um, or which companies do you think are doing it kind of wrong? I guess what's your, like your assessment of what's been built in this space so far? Um, and like, are there any companies that you um, think you're doing it right versus others? Yeah. So I'm, I'm leery of ever saying someone's doing it wrong. I don't want to necessarily say that. What I would say is that, there are core competitors that are less are not approaching the these applications and these assistants, even though they can say through marketing and PR that they are. There's a lot of obvious gaping issues from privacy, um, and there's also gaping issues in the lack of conviction of where of of how powerful you know an intelligent assistant like this could ultimately be and what we're getting is we're getting a lot of mirror intelligence you know alexa siri google those are not those are those are you know built out well but they they're they're you know they're trained to do exactly what they do really well i would say a company that is really approaching this from the moral perspective really that's what i would say if i was going to put anybody on the chopping block of right versus wrong i would say it's more it's better to overestimate that something's going to go really wrong and account for it than underestimate it and then it's too late and i don't see many intelligent assistant companies approaching products with the idea of what are the consequences of building an intelligent system to the consumer to the long run, to the next 50 years, uh, to the hardware. I see it as this um, household toy that we get, right? So I, I would say the only company that's really doing it well so far is OpenAI. Uh, a lot of their research and approaches to diving in first with uh, an optimistic and pessimistic mentality of consequences as it pertains to humanity and you know, the, to living by the conviction that artificial intelligence will supersede human intelligence. Once you get to that point, you have two camps. Camp A is we need a brain computer interface because we're just 
not going to catch up. Camp two is you can have a human-machine relationship where instead of you see this exponential growth year over year on the processor and leaving the human behind with flat linear growth, you can potentially believe that through building a self-driving operating system, you can actually get the human to actually catch up year over year and we start seeing an economical shift in innovation and in productivity in finance and companies and all these other multiple sectors, right? And that's the camp that I am is in, which is a human machine relationship, which, uh, you know, utilizes the memory inside your existing device to be a, a memory feedback loop to remind you of loved ones to, to help those who, you know, with memory loss all the way down to helping with creative applications and all the in-between essentially a, a full self-driving operating system. And then if you were to kind of look, look out, um, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, as far as you want to look um, and kind of thought about like types of products, like you don't have to give, you know, details, but like types of products you could get into. What, what do you kind of see for that? Or I guess in other words, a much more simple version of the question is what's the big vision in 10 years and 15 years and 20 years? What do you want to, what do you want to be known for and what direction are you rowing in every day? Yeah. So I, I think the way to answer this question is to kind of talk about why we even named ourselves light. You know, uh, if, if we look back historically, light is deeply connected to innovation. It, you know, Newton pioneered spectral analysis and other great scientific contributions to light. And then we see, uh, Alexander Graham Bell, obviously the telephone, which is a big innovation, Edison, and so many other innovators that, that made significant contributions to light. And as it stands today, light is probably the one of the most reliant things society has. You rely on light probably more than you rely on anything else, uh, from the display in your phone to your actual house to the internet that gets into your house, like every sector of your life is deeply impacted by light. And so we, we named ourselves this because Isaac Newton said that I stand on the shoulder of giants. And we felt that it was no better time that if we're going to be bold and build a new computer company, that we might as well do it by standing on the shoulders of giants. And ultimately, the goal is to become a utility. The ultimately, the goal is to become like light. You, you need light. You cannot you cannot function, um, you know, if there's no light in a room, you know, depression increases, dopamine levels are imbalanced, you know, there's a lot of psychological consequences with the absence of light. And so we feel like it's a, it's a you know, 15 years down the road, if you want to get psychological, we feel that uh, humanity needs us. If we think about from a product perspective, it, it's from a product perspective, it would be, an, an, an uphill battle because you, you know, I think the first thing that you're going to see for sure, which is the, the, the obvious, even if you don't want it is you're going to see augmented reality for sure. It's, it's going to come. It's, it's definitely there. There's no way around it. Right. And that's, that's, that's where I definitely see, is a core product, but I'm going to tell you that I think augmented reality is really an accessory to a much bigger device. Don't know what that device is, but 
the way I think of it is I think of it like headphones to the iPod, right? Uh, the first iPod had no built-in speaker. So if I wanted someone to have to listen to my music, I had to have them share that headphone, right? If I, then, you know, we transcend to the iPod touch. Now we have a built-in speaker, right? So now if I want someone to listen to my song or listen to my YouTube video, I just take out the headphones. That's simple, right? Well, the issue that you have right now is that in some ways, augmented reality goes backwards in the technological landscape when it comes to sharing. It goes forward in a lot of ways that the, the current devices can't, but it goes backwards in this one way, which is um, sharing. And, and what I mean by that is that you'll be able to share in an augmented reality headset for sure, but you won't be able to share unless somebody else also has a headset, right? Right now, someone else doesn't need an iPhone to see what's on my iPhone. So that's a huge setback. And so I, I feel like augmented reality, the augmented reality headset will be very disruptive, but it will be the, the headphones to the iPod before the speaker. And it will be an accessory to a much larger breakthrough device in the personal computer era. And I see it as a bridge that we learn a lot from, um, and it takes us into a new category. Don't know what that category is, I don't think many do, but I would say that what you're going to see over the next five years is you're really going to see a huge approach to augmented reality. You'll see people who will build single headsets. You'll see people who make them as small as the glasses on your head currently. You'll see people that will try to build VR, um, virtual reality, and augmented reality into a single headset uh, into one single application that'd be like seamless. You're going to see a lot of disruption in this space, and it's going to become, it's going to become the loudest noisiest space in the public market for the next five years but 15 years down the road i think that it becomes an accessory to a much bigger device and to kind of like make this happen on a high level like you know you obviously want to play a big part in this or just do it all right and you'll need some help to make it happen um, i'm curious for you um what is an ask that you have for the forward-thinking founders community um, to help kind of make your vision happen. Are you hiring? Are you fundraising? Are you looking for users, looking for feedback on products? How can, yeah. the, the, how can the community assist? Yeah, so that's great. That's a great question. Um, we are not actively hiring at the moment. We are, we are actively fundraising. We are releasing a stable release of, our, of an API. Uh, in, in a beta release, and we're accepting the beta developers in October. Throughout the rest of the year, we'll be announcing more products on how we believe you can build and distribute software for the future. And we will be working on uh, bringing on companies to that because we really believe that there is uh, really to kind of to kind of reel this back in a little bit more. In the short term, we really are focusing on the way people can build and distribute software for the future of a of self-driving operating system. And so we'll be announcing a product that can do that. And um, that, that's not, not uh, a product that looks like anything on the market that really brings design and programming together under one roof. And the way uh, users can help is join the beta, give us feedback, use it, test it, embed it in your applications. Um, let us know what you think, how it's working for you. If you write code or you're working on really any application from building an app to building a website to building whatever, then there's a place for you in our beta. So 
as we release more over the next couple of weeks and, and make some more upcoming announcements, I would say just stay tuned, head over to our website, lightcomputer.com and sign up for our beta program and you'll, you'll get all the information you need. And just as a reminder, if someone wants to learn more, try this out, sign up, what's your website? Are you on social media? Can they email you? How can people get in touch? Yeah, so we're uh, lightcomputer.com. Our website's not live at the moment. We're in the process of ramping up for a launch, so that will be on its way. And then shortly after that, oh yeah, Twitter, forward slash at lightcomputerhq, and then um, Instagram, light, uh, lightcomputers. And those are the places that you could definitely find us. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and wish you best of luck with light. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.